0: His name, for He Himself said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man can do to me. Be strong and good courage. Do not fear, nor be afraid of them, for the Lord God he is the one who goes with you, and He will not leave you nor forsake. Now may the John of peace, who brought up the Lord Jesus from the dead, the good shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work, to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus' Christ.
1: Lord, is my heaven,
2: hallelujah. God, you're greater. You're greater than anything we'll face, Father. You are greater than sickness. You are greater than pain. You are greater than death. We magnify you, Jesus.
1: God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God, our
2: God. Yes, you are, Lord, so much greater. Into the darkness you shine
1: out of the ashes we rise
2: there's no one like you no one
1: not like you our god our god is greater our god is stronger cause you are higher than any other our god is healer awesome and powerful yeah.
2: Bless you, Lord. Bless your name at all times.
3: Oh, come on! The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is in this place. He deserves the best praise today. Hallelujah!
1: We praise your name this morning.
3: It's just that simple to just lift your hands and just say, God, I praise you. God, I thank you. God, I trust you. God, I give you everything.
2: Jesus. Yes, I will. So God, praise. Hallelujah, Jesus.
3: Come on, this time of year, I like to do some personal devotion on the, the names of God. And it was spoken, in the, and when Brother Buddy did it this morning, about God being a prince of peace. And God is our good shepherd. And a shepherd, what makes a good shepherd a good shepherd? A shepherd lays down his own life for his sheep. And the thing about God being a good shepherd is there's nothing that you have walked in this with feeling this morning that he has not already felt. He bore that pain, he bore the iniquity, he bore the the, the the mental agony, he bore everything on the cross for everything that you may have stepped in these doors with today. But we have to make a decision to choose to say, I will not fear. I I will not have fear in this situation. I will not have fear. I will trust in your holy name. You're holy. You're worthy. You're mighty. You're sovereign. So we're just going to make a decision today to just lift up his name regardless of the circumstances, regardless of our emotions, of how we may have walked in here feeling. We just lift our hands and say, God, I trust in you alone this morning. This life may be overwhelming at this moment, but I trust you.
4: Right now to get out of your seat and come to this altar i know y'all got some new new space up here don't look at it like a mule look at a new gate i dare some of you to come up around this altar Pull that song back up there tyler mandy y'all sing that again i dare you to come up around this altar just open your heart let that be an anthem coming out of your soul to the king of glory to the prince of Peace. Anointing is coming right now in this room. Just press into him right now while you're here. Come on, press into him while the spirit of the Lord is just hovering in this atmosphere right here. Jesus, we come to glorify you. We come to glorify you. Oh, for grace. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. And I trust you more, Lord. Lord, I seek it a little. We trust so, hallelujah. We hallelujah, hallelujah. Hey, Lord God, we speak your life. We speak your healing. We speak your provision today, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. God, we pray you to open doors. God, we pray you to make a way where there is no way. God, we pray that you open the heavens wide over your people and pour out blessings, Lord God. I pray for fresh revelation to those that are hungry and thirsty for more of you. God, I pray when they open their scripture that the laser lights of heaven light up every page, every word, every letter in the name of Jesus. I pray, Holy Spirit of God, that they see you moving in their life. I pray that they hear your voice like never before. I pray they feel your heartbeat like never before. I pray they become even more aware that it is your breath that is moving in their lungs today. Hallelujah. I pray, Lord God, they become emboldened, and brazen, Lord God, and emboldened in the fact that they are here on an assignment, that their purpose, Lord God, their purpose would encourage them their purpose, the reason why you put them here, the reason you wake them up in the morning time, Lord God, would be strong. Lord, we break every generational curse today in the name of Jesus. We break lack, we break poverty in the name of Jesus. We break promiscuity. We break divorce today in the name of Jesus. We break heart disease and arthritis in the name of Jesus. We break negativity. We break that spirit of lying today in the name of Jesus. And I pray that he who the Son sets free would walk in that indeed freedom today in Jesus' name. You and your seed.
1: trust your faith
4: season. The psalmist said, the scripture says, the prophet said, sing unto the Lord a new song. A new song can open the door to a new season. Come on, let your song be heard in the spirit realm today. Come on, the angels will sing it with you. The Spirit of God is attentive to you. Somebody take just a moment now in your own way. Would you just lift your voice? Lift your heart to him? If you want to lift your hands, however, you just want to look to heaven. Whatever, however, whatever the Lord's got in your heart, let the real you come out right now and worship him. of something today. Somebody's on the verge of something right now by the Spirit of God. I'm telling you, yo, all go, whoever you are, whatever he's got inside of you, just do it. Just let it out. He will move, he will swarm over your obedience today. Let me say something. Let me say something. I just just was quickened by the spirit of the Lord right now. There's probably a few of you in this building or a few of you watching online, and the enemy is is speaking to your mind and saying, it doesn't take all that. Well, first of all, you need to to define what your it is because we're in the process of doing something that you had not seen yet. So in order for us to birth an it that you hadn't seen yet, we got to do something that you hadn't done yet. So if the enemy tells you it doesn't take all that, if you got that little sneaky, sly voice in your ear in the back of your head saying it doesn't take all that, I'm going to tell you what, you better hear me, I'm going to tell you it's going to take all that and a little bit more. Hallelujah, because we want to birth something in the earth that the earth has not seen yet. We want to birth the move of God that this region, this area has never seen. It's seen some dynamic things, but we wanna birth something that hadn't been seen yet that's bigger than anything that's ever come before. That means God's gonna do something in dynamic ways and in measures that he's never done. And he's gonna require some things from us in measures and dynamics that he's not required them of people before. And I don't know about anybody else, But Miss Sarah Williams, this boy right here is ready to do whatever it takes. Whatever the Lord leads to do, I'm ready to do it, y'all. If you feel the same way, why don't you just tell your Lord and Master and your Savior right now in this room. I I sense the Spirit of the Lord speaking prophetically right now. That there are some of you in this room that the enemy has taken his best shot to steal your dream, to steal the anointing of God, the calling of God on your life. He's tried to abort your purpose in the earth. But I hear the Lord saying that he is coming in a powerful form of restoration, that he's going to put back days, he's going to put back weeks. He's gonna put back months. He's gonna put back years. He's gonna put back money. God said he's counted every tear and every sleepless night, every worrisome moment. Do not think that your God is not bigger than that. He will restore. He will restore to you. He will restore to your seed, your children and your children's children. Hear the voice of the Lord as he says, I come to restore, I come to repay, I come to establish again, and when I do it, it will not be shaken, but it will only overcome, says the Lord, hallelujah.
5: where you are. I just felt an unction to pray for the Moore County incidents. Um, I got a text this morning from Mandy, and she was letting me know what happened. If you don't know, someone um, shot up some of the uh, power grids there, and it's caught a huge outage in Moore County. I think there's about 40,000 people without power. And you know, as a kingdom-minded church, we don't just care about what happens here in Laura or in our church family, but we have church family that live in Moore County. (laughs) And we have church family, the half family that live in Moore County, and we have churches in Moore County. I don't care what denomination they are; they're our sisters and brothers in Christ. Amen. So we're gonna pray while we have this vein of this prophetic flow and all this worship and this intercession. We're gonna pray over Moore County, and we're gonna rebuke whatever spirit is trying to take over that place. Some some ungodly things went on, extra ungodly things there last night. And I'm not gonna go into that. You can read. You can read it. But God has great plans for Moore County, and he has great plans for Northview, and he has great plans for the people in here that live there. But we're just going to speak. You know, this is so far-reaching. It affects so many things. And we're going to pray against that spirit of vandalism, terrorism. Destruction, whatever that is, and we're going to speak peace, and we're going to speak healing, and we're going to speak restoration over that. So y'all, pray with me. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we rebuke every spirit that has tried to come against Moore County with these outages. We rebuke the spirit of vandalism. We rebuke the spirit of terrorism, and we rebuke the spirit of destruction and the spirit of evil. God, we just rebuke everything that is trying to come against them. God. We speak your word. Your Holy Spirit is bigger than any spirit that has tried to set itself above Moore County. God, I speak over every person that's affected, every church, every business. God, and we speak your restoration power. God, I pray that you would give churches in that area creative ways to reach out to the people in that area during this time. God, we speak your expedient, expedient work in getting that um, the uh, power back. In the people here at Northview and throughout, God. So we just praise you. Give him one more praise. God, we just praise your name. Y'all. I don't know how y'all feeling down there, but it's a little. Whoo up here. <laughs> Holy Spirit is strong today in our presence and we are thankful for it. Are you thankful for that? Amen.
0: Yes, amen.
5: Woo, we want to thank you for being with us in the house today. We thank you all our faith family for being here. We love you, We appreciate you. We want to give a big shout out to our internet congregation. Let's give them a big hand for being here with us this morning. Yes. Thank you for joining us, we are so thankful for you. And If you're a first time attender, if this, this is your first time with us, if you'll look on the inside of your bulletin, when you open it up, it's on the back, if you open it all the way up, there is a form that says first time here. So if this is your first time, we ask that you fill this out, and as you leave today, when you walk out of these doors, either side, the Welcome Center will be to your right, and if you'll take this form to the Welcome Center, We have a gift for you. Um, We want to bless you with that and get your information so that we can be in touch. So if somebody's here with you, make sure they fill that out. If they don't have one, give them yours and take them to the Welcome Center today. Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate that. So um, I was asked to announce that we will not have Be the Church today. Uh, Apparently they are called up and getting just about done. So let's give God a big hand for that. Yes. Yes. Also, coming up this week, Wednesday night and Sunday, are our children's musical and our adult musical drama. We're so excited about that. Um, we hope that you're inviting people. There are flyers at the Welcome Center. So this Wednesday night will be our a Red Letter Christmas Children's Program at 7 o'clock. So our kids' ministries will be doing that. They'll be also performing that Sunday morning. And then Sunday night and Monday night will be our adult dramatic Christmas musical, Come See the Lamb. So we are so excited. They've been putting in a lot of hard work for that. So please invite people to come out and enjoy that. It's going to be a great blessing to whoever comes. So who's ready to give today? Oh, y'all, are y'all okay? Who's ready to give today? Yes. Y'all are excited to give, and we're excited for um, what God is doing here at Northview. If you need a tithing envelope, please raise your hand. Our ushers will give you one. And as I say every Sunday, thank you so much. For you that give, even not in-house, some of you give online, and if you'll notice the screen, there's many ways that we give you to pay, um, to give your tithes. We thank you so much for doing that. Because of you, we are able to do what God has called us to do here in this area, and as my husband always says, this regional ministry. So we are very thankful for that. I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward. As you prepare yourself to give in-house today, we're going to ask you to stand. No, we're celebrating the season when God sent his son he gave us the greatest gift of all when he sent Jesus as a baby to come to this earth to live on this earth a sinless life and then to die for our sins to prepare a home for us and so today when you come give in that spirit of giving that this is the season of giving and give with that spirit he loves a cheerful giver amen so you can come on and give
4: The Lord God. How many of you would like to acknowledge that the Lord is your provider today? Amen. I mean, there's a whole lot of stuff. You may have a good place of employment, you may be self employed, and God's given you favor with, with businesses. All of that's great. You may be retired, and you can say, The Lord is. You know, I've worked my job for years. I've got my retirement, my pension, my IRA, you know, uh, all that stuff, Social Security. You can say it's mine. But can I remind you if the Lord had not given you the grace, the strength, the health, and the favor to do any of that? Here's the way I like to look at it. All right. How many of y'all know? You can have a big old river like the Mississippi River, but you got a whole lot of little streams flowing into the big river. And you got a whole lot of streams flowing out of the big river. God is the big river. He's the source. Everything that flows out of him is just an avenue. Your place of employment, I don't care who the president or CEO of the company is, who writes your check, who signs your check, stamps it, computerized, whatever. Let me tell you something. If God didn't give the nod, you wouldn't be getting that check. But if God gives the nod, nobody can keep you from getting that check. Amen. So we honor him today. That's what the tithe is. When God said bring all the tithe and the offering into the storehouse, God does not want your money. Say it again, Miss Linda. Miss Linda said he doesn't need it. That's exactly right, y'all. Look at somebody and say, God does not want your money. But what he wants is your obedience. We'll Say that again. What he does want is your obedience. Because, see, it is in your obedience that God looks at that, our obedience. He looks at that and he says, you know what, I will we'll reward that. Hebrews chapter 11 says he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And if you're going to diligently seek him, you're going to obey what all he tells you to do. So God is not demanding that we give him the tithe. He's asking us to honor him with the tithe. And when we honor him, Lord have mercy, y'all. What he does in response to that is inconceivable. He said he would rebuke the devourer. He said he would open heaven over you and pour out blessings that you could not contain. I'm not trying to pump anybody up if you don't tithe or you don't struggle with tithing. I don't know who tithes and who doesn't tithe. You know why? So when I get up here and I talk about money, I don't know who does what. So if I look at you and you feel squirmish, that's the Holy Ghost, not Tim Hodge. I'm just saying. And not that right, Miss Chris? Where you at? She, she gone out. I don't know a thing. I don't know who gives anything. I don't want to know. So when I stand up here, I stand up here with a pure heart. I don't know who the biggest tither, lowest tither, non-tither is, but I tell you what, I know who God is. And he is Jehovah Jireh. He's the Lord, our provider. I'm going to pray over this, but before we do this, say this with me. There is an abundance in this house there is an abundance in this house. Look at your neighbor and say, there is an abundance in my house. Now look at him and say, I want an abundance in your house. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In name of Jesus and on the authority of God's holy word. Father today we bless this offering every element of tithe every element of offering that has been presented the missions money God right now we we receive it we bless it and we return it to you and God we do everything I've just said about you blessing those who are obedient and faithful show it I, I just told the truth Lord now I pray you to show it because that's what you do. You will make a public spectacle of who you want to bless. Your favor, your glory, and your grace in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. High five about three people. Tell them you love them before you're seated. Would you do that? Hallelujah. Boy, God's done a lot in here already. And uh, so, so I'm just going to be brief. I'm just going to speak to you for just a minute. I just want to drop some, some truths on you about Jesus. Because the Holy Spirit's been overshadowing a lot. And I believe there's stuff, God's done stuff in here already today that we are not even aware of. I'm serious. I believe there's been healings that have taken place in here. Uh, I believe God's working behind the scenes to put some things back that the devil's tried to crush in your life. Uh, and that's just how God does it, because He's amazing. He is an amazing God. <laughs> so amazing! I don't know what in the world he, he, I don't know why in the world He would mess with us. I don't know if that ever. Gets in your mind like it does mine, why in the world a perfect God would waste his time, what looks like a waste of time, to formulate a plan to create an earth, to create a universe, and in the expanse of that universe, on one little planet, he's going to put two people who can do anything they want except for one thing and if they do that one thing they're going to die and what do they do? He made. The, they did that one thing. In the garden when Adam and Eve sinned they entered into spiritual death but that same perfect loving God before before he even made them he knew what was going to happen and he formulated a plan. That to redeem them. Everybody say redeem. redeem. The word redeem and the word ransom is kind of like the both. They're both the same thing in the Hebrew culture, the Hebrew scriptures, the Old Testament. And Jesus came as our redeemer. He came to literally buy us back from sin. Because God loved us so much, He loved Adam and Eve. But God didn't just see Adam and Eve when he was talking about making this planet. The Bible says that before the foundations of the world were laid, Christ was the Lamb who was slain. He had already determined in his heart he was going to give himself for us. So God saw Adam and Eve, but you know what? He saw us all. He saw Elise. He saw Melissa. He saw Tracy. He saw Joyce. He saw Ward. He saw Michael, he saw Mandy, he saw all of us, he saw every, bird, every person that ever draws breath. In fact, he saw those that didn't draw breath. In fact, the last 50 years, he saw all 60 million of those that died in the womb through abortion. And still he would love us enough to die for us. That's how big his grace is. That's how wide his love reaches. And I don't know about anybody else, but that's amazing to me and it's humbling to me. And here we are at Christmas time. I read a quote the other day and I actually put it on social media. It says, the quote was, a thousand times in history a baby has become a king to rule a nation. And probably more than a thousand. A little baby has become a grown man to become a king to rule a nation. But only one time In the history of man has a king become a baby to save all nations. Somebody tell me that king's name, would you? Come on, somebody shout it out and give him a praise. Would you do that? Give me just a few minutes if you want to do a hashtag to uh, make any notes online today on social media. We're going to use a big word called Adventus. Adventus. Last week I mentioned some things about Advent. Last week was the first Sunday of Advent. But Advent comes from a Latin word Adventus which means coming. Advent is a time to celebrate his coming. How many of you ever celebrated, it? been in a church that celebrated Advent, like hardcore, full-blown Advent or pretty heavy Advent? All right, a lot of mainline churches, a lot of uh, uh, Catholic, Anglican Episcopal, a lot of uh, Methodist churches will do that. And some of them go full-blown, and I don't know that I've ever seen a full-blown liturgical Advent, but Advent is the five weeks leading up to Christmas, but let me go ahead and tell you, Advent, one thing that we did in Columbia, and let, let me, I'm from McCall, okay, I'm from McCall. James Earl's out of town ministering with another church today, helping them out, new church that's planted up in Moore County, but, uh, so I can't harass him for picking at me about me keep saying I'm from McCall, but, uh. I'm from McCall. I don't know if anybody in McCall ever did Advent. I don't know if anybody in Marlboro County ever did Advent. My my McCall, Marlboro County folk. Because I'm going to tell you, I was a grown man, had gone through four years of Bible school when somebody mentioned the liturgical calendar, calendar to me and Advent. And I had no clue what they were talking about. And so then they began to tell me what it was. It was kind of like a ritualistic ceremonial thing leading up the weeks prior to Easter. And first thing crossed my mind was, I'm just going to be totally honest, okay? I'm going to be totally honest. I'm a Pentecostal, and I'm like, ain't nobody got time for that old dead stuff in them dead churches? Okay, I said that's the way I used to think, okay? Let me be sure whoever's watching this understood that correctly. Because several years back, in our church in Columbia, we had a melting pot of people that were from a non-Pentecostal background. And several of them were from Lutheran churches. And uh, Lutheran, remember Lutheran is like first cousin or brother and sister to the Catholic church. Because you had the Catholic church that ruled the world back in the 1500s. And then Martin Luther, the German monk, started the Reformation. So he came out of the uh, the Catholic church. So he had Catholic and Lutheran then. In fact, I went to a Lutheran funeral. First service I went to in the Lutheran church, it was a funeral. I got home. My wife said, how was it? I said, that preacher up there was more dead than the man in the pulpit, a man in the casket. Okay, y'all didn't get that. All right. <laughs> so then we had these folks that kept coming, had different backgrounds, you know, from high church backgrounds, and, and so... Several of them had talked to me, you know, mentioned had I ever considered, you know, celebrating Advent. And I was like, eh, nah, not really. I didn't want to look them in the eye and say, you know, ain't anybody got time for that old dead stuff. How many of you ever had to eat crow and it didn't taste good? <laughs> Am I the only one? So guess what I did? I started doing some research in Advent. I, and, and, And even though we did a simplified version of Advent, we did the Advent wreath. Anybody ever heard of the Advent wreath? Okay, great, great, some of y'all. Let me explain to you because some of y'all like me didn't know, I had no clue what an Advent wreath was. So basically you get this, you'll have somebody make like a wreath. You don't put it on the door. You set it on the altar or on a special table or somewhere, a special place. And you get these candles, okay? And you make a circle of these candles and you have... Uh, Normally, you'll have like three purple ones because purple is the color for Advent. It's a time of reflection, reflection, a time of repentance. So you'll have three uh, purple candles, and you will have one pink candle. And the pink candle stands for joy. And the other purple candles are hope, love, and peace. And you put those in, the middle, in a circle, but right smack dab in the middle is a white candle. And it's called the Christ candle. So last week was the first Sunday of Advent, so what you do is you'll come in, and if it's celebrated in a high church way, You'll come in and you'll have a special reading, reading special scriptures that go along with that week of Advent. Say if we lit the first candle and we say we're going to acknowledge this week of Advent, going to be peace. How many of y'all know God is the God of peace? Come on, you know what, whatever conflict you've got going on in your life, Romans chapter 16 says this. He says, and now the God of peace will soon crush Satan underneath your feet. That's a pretty powerful statement right there, right? Philippians chapter 4. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So we would come up, we would read some, have somebody read Scripture who may do some, uh, uh, what's that called? Is it reflective? When, when somebody reads it and they repeat it back to you? Responsive, Yes, yes, yes. I guess it was reflected for me in the Lutheran church because they all knew what was going on. I was completely clueless. Nobody told them when to get up, but everybody got up. And I was like sitting around. I didn't get up, go down, what, say what? I was lost. <clears throat> so we, we may do some of that responsive reading. You may have a special Christmas hymn. And, and they would light the first candle. And then the next week, we would go to the next candle. The next week, we would go to the next candle. And all during that week, when I did this in Columbia, I did uh, weekly, every day, I did a daily devotional that I would send out in in following suit with that week to whoever wanted to participate in that. How many of y'all would like to let's maybe do more of a formal Advent season next year with the Advent wreath? I'm going to tell you, if you think, how about that I'm going to tell you what here's what it does how many guys have I got in the room today how many guys have I got in here that you like to read a road map or you like to know where you're going how many of you guys in here ever pull something up on your GPS and when it tells you you'll be there in 12 minutes you try to get there in 8 all law enforcement officers in here that raise your hands I'm going to say never mind so here's the thing, with those candles guys, it's, it's like a mile marker to let you know you're on your way to getting closer and closer to Christ, that center candle. Trust me, if we do it, we're not going to do something dead, I won't do that, but we, I, I, tr- I, I promise you it will be something that will invigorate your Christmas walk. And that's what stirred me is that it made me more excited about Christmas because every day I wasn't looking at Tremus or Santamus or presence This Is this working? I wasn't looking at Christmas party must. I was looking toward christ Christmas. christ Mass, And I found my focus on Jesus. And can I ask you a question today? Not just at Christmas time, but is there any other time that is a better time for your focus to be on Christ than at Christmas? Look at somebody telling them it's all about the baby. <clears throat> now very quickly, just let me share this with you. There's two, a- two aspects of Advent. Everybody say there's two aspects. Advent. Say it one more time. There's two aspects. Advent. All right. The two aspects of Advent are this. Number one, Number one is we look back in the Old Testament and we look at the people who were waiting for Messiah to come. They were hoping for him to come. Now, how many of y'all would like to live way back then from Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, when God said, I'm going to send somebody, and then for the next 4,000 years, you're waiting for God to send the one he promised to redeem you. And all along that time, he is sending you, he's giving you detailed prophetic words about he's going to come. And then he'll call certain guys, he'll say like Abram, Abraham, he said, I'm going to send him through your line so you knew where he's coming from. Then he comes down to Jesse's house and he tells Jesse's son David, I'm going to send him through your line. And it's like every time God's getting it more narrow so you can know where he's coming. In fact, uh, a gentleman named this, get this, his name is Alfred Edersham. Anybody like numbers besides me? He said in the Old Testament, it's a little stuffy here, boys. Can we get a little air moving? I mean, I don't want to freeze nobody, but it's just like <clears throat> stuffy, all right? So get this. Alfred Edersham, are you ready for this? He said in the Old Testament, there are 400. I need you to write this number down because we're going to do some mathematics, okay? And if you fail this, you do not get to go into heaven. Just <laughs> playing. Let's make it a little more reasonable. If you fail this test, you owe me $5. I like that better for me and you, right? So here's the thing Alfred Edom, Edom, Edersheim said. He was, he was a Jewish guy. And it went all through the scripture, and he said in the Bible, there are, he found 456, write it down, 456, 456, <coughs> trying to help my fellow McCall people out. Okay? Sometimes I get tongue-tied when I'm sign language and in numbers. 456 times he said there are prophetic messages in the Bible about the Messiah. 456 times. Ready? So then he said when Jesus came, Jesus came, and he was born in a virgin womb, when the prophet said, what did he say? He said, behold, you want a sign? A virgin shall conceive. He also said that in the city of David, Bethlehem, where was Jesus born at? Bethlehem. All of these things, you go through the scripture and you will find that Jesus in his death, excuse me, his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, he has already fulfilled 300 of those 456 prophecies. Okay, that was another important number. Did y'all get it? Three hundred. 456 minus 300 is? All right, are you ready for this? 156 things left for him to do. Can I go ahead and tell you why it is left for him to do? Because he's not finished yet. In fact, let's see if I got this in here. Let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Yeah, look at here. In Acts chapter 1, verse 1, the writer, the Luke, the writer, is writing to Theophilus, who was the benefactor. Theophilus had literally paid Luke money to go and do research to write the story of Jesus. He's paying him to do this. And he says, the former account, that is the gospel of Luke, I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began, somebody shout begin, both to do and to teach. He began. He didn't say all that he did. He said what he began to do. Can I tell you why, folks? Listen, there's 156 things left in the book that he hadn't done yet. And just because he hadn't done it yet doesn't mean he's not going to do it. Because when we go back over here to Advent, there's two aspects. Number one is those who were looking for Jesus to come as Messiah. But number two is us today those who rejoice that he came to save us and those who are looking forward to his return. In fact, Adventists coming, can I tell you? The Advent is not just us celebrating the baby in a manger. Thank God for that. We thank God that he grew up and became the Lamb of God who died on a cross. But can I tell you today, folks, the church needs to start celebrating the fact that he's coming back. He's got 156 things left to do. He didn't finish it. He has just begun. Somebody give him a praise up in here, would you? Now listen to this, listen to this. Out of those three, what was it, 456 things prophesied, 300 he's fulfilled. Get this, get this. You want to write some numbers down? There was a gentleman who was a... uh, had a Ph.D. in mathematics and he did a work on the statistical probability. Now if you've ever done statistical probabilities, anybody here ever done statistical probabilities? I heard it would kill you. (laughs) That you might as well just get a hammer and hit yourself in the head every day instead of taking statistical probabilities. Get this now. This man did not just, he didn't take all 300 of the things that Jesus fulfilled, he took just eight. See, I told y'all I start stuttering when I try to count fingers. He took eight. Okay, y'all didn't hear that. He didn't take 300 of the things Jesus fulfilled because what he wanted to see was what was the statistical probability of one person fulfilling these things. He didn't do 200. He didn't do 100. He didn't do 75, 50, 30, 40, 20, 10. He did eight. He took eight of these detailed prophecies about the Messiah and he said, what what would be the probabilities of one man fulfilling all eight of these things? Get this. He found out it would be one man, get this, ready? Out of one quadrillion people. Let me tell you what a quadrillion is. Write a number one and put 17 zeros behind it. Or just take my word for it. One out of 17 quadrillion people to fulfill eight. Not 10, not 15, 20, 30, 40, 50. It's not 100, not 300. Just eight. So this man who at the time, get this now, at the time was unsaved and was trying to disprove Christianity scientifically. With systematic probabilities here. And when he figured this out, you know what he said? It would be easier. How many of y'all remember back in the circus and stuff when they'd shoot the person out of the cannon and they'd fly along the tent, through the tent and land in the net? He said it would be easier for the person shot out of the cannon to etch the Lord's Prayer on the head of a straight pin while he was flying by. It would be easier for him to do that than for one person to fulfill just eight prophecies that Jesus fulfilled 300 of. My whole purpose in saying that, y'all, is Jesus is undeniably. Can somebody shout undeniably? undeniably? He is undeniably the child of God. And let me just leave you with these three scriptures. I will make no comments. This is written in red because it would be so in a red letter edition because Jesus is talking. Look what he says. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will. Somebody shout that out like you mean it. I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Look at your neighbor and say, Neighbor, he's coming again. Acts chapter 1, verses verses 9 through 11. Now when he had spoken, Jesus had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand here gazing into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you in a cloud into heaven will soon be Adventists, come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Final one here. In the book of the Revelation, behold, this is the Passion Translation, chapter 1, verse 7. Behold, he appears within the clouds and every eye shall see him Even those who pierced him and all the people of the earth will weep with sorrow because of him. And so it is to be, amen. How many of you watch some of these uh, scientific sci-fi movies, that's what I meant, not scientific sci-fi, about like Mars, Martians invading or something, aliens invading. How many of you watch some of the new stuff? Not that old corny stuff. You know, it looks like they made it with a bubble wrap something and they had it on the string. How many of you watch some of the stuff with the new computer-generated special effects and stuff and when those spaceships, the motherships and stuff are coming down out of the atmosphere and they show, you know, like news crews are there picking it all up. Let me tell you something, folks. When Jesus comes back to this earth and he's coming, do you see what this passage says right here? All of the earth all of the people of the earth will weep with sorrow because of him. Every eye shall see him. You know why? Because when he comes back, folks, people are going to be whipping out their cell phone. The world, What the heck? Is this the new Men in Black being filmed out here? No. Nope. Everybody's going to be whipping that phone out. There's going to be news crews because let me go ahead and tell you, when he comes back, he's coming back to save Israel. Because all the nations of the world prophetically are going to be gathered around Jerusalem. They're going to have it encircled. And they're going to have bombs and planes and tanks and everything. And everybody's going to be aiming at Jerusalem, ready to blow Jerusalem off the map of the earth. Y'all know their nations want to do that right now, right? Y'all know like Iran, 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 whoever you want to say. They want to remove Israel from the face of the earth because they hate them so much. And when the Antichrist comes into play and they surround Israel, look at here, y'all better hear me, ABC, CBS, all the NNs, even TBN folk are going to be out there. All the news crews from around the world, satellite pictures are going to be streaming all live and they're going to be ready because, you know what, the Antichrist is going to tell them, I don't know, 3 o'clock tomorrow we're going to blow Israel, we're going to blow Jerusalem off the map. Everybody get your crews here. Get your cameras honed in. And everybody's going to be waiting at 2.55. Okay, you know, all the producers and directors of camera five switch to camera three, you know. They're going to be getting everything lined up because they want to see the show. And while all those satellite news networks are sitting there looking at Jerusalem, let me go ahead and give you a little hint. Okay, I do this like they're looking down on Jerusalem. But y'all understand Jerusalem is elevated, right? So everybody on the ground It's going to be looking up. Okay, they're going to be looking up. And let me tell you what this book says. This book says when he comes back, he's going to split the eastern sky. So you got the Mediterranean Sea, you got a little bit of land going up, then you got Jerusalem, and then you got going down to the Jordan River. And all those folks going to be sitting over there on the western side, they looking up at the eastern sky already. And all of a sudden, those clouds are going to start to peel back. It's 12 o'clock, I got to wrap this thing up. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Daniel chapter 7. Says that in his throne room, in his throne room, there are 10,000 times 10,000 there ministering to him. Folks, if you do the math, that is 20, that is the population of 20 New York cities in one room in heaven. Now that messed me up because I used to have this mental picture. I guess I watched too many. Uh, I don't know, Shakespeare movies or something, you know, when the king goes in there and they got these nice little chairs sitting at the end of this long room. That's not God's throne room, y'all. God's throne room is huge. I ain't getting no help up in here. And when Daniel said those 10,000 times 10,000 people are in there in God's throne room ministering to him, they are worshiping him. Could you imagine the population of 20 New York cities in one room screaming to the top of their lungs, worship to the king of glory? And that's just one room. I don't know what's happening outside that throne room, but it's got Jesus does not know when he's coming back here. All he knows is the father's going to look at him and give him the nod. Listen to me, and the Bible says that when he comes back in the book of the Revelation, he's coming back, he's coming on a white horse for you animal lovers. Yes, there are animals in heaven because if God's got horses up there, he's got to have dogs. I mean, he don't got to have, he's God. But I'm thinking he's going to have dogs, right? Going to have cats. I won't have cat allergies. But listen, listen. This book says when he comes back, he's coming back on a white horse. He's coming back. His vesture, his robe is going to be dipped in blood. Mm-hmm. And he's going to have these saints that are coming with him. He's not coming back by himself. They're coming back on horses too. Come on, somebody. So imagine when these people on the ground level looking up, waiting for that big plume of, plume of smoke to show that Jerusalem is no more. Imagine while they're looking up, all of a sudden those clouds start moving up there. Oh, I wish somebody would just stand to your feet with me for just a minute. I wish somebody would just, listen, listen, let me talk to you while you're standing up. Are you ready? Listen, you are looking up. All of a sudden, that, those clouds start doing funky stuff. And all of a sudden, those clouds split and they part. And man, oh, y'all better hear me. And look, when he comes back, He's gonna be shining bright, y'all. When John saw him in the revelation, he said, I turn around and look at him. He said his feet were like bronze. He said he shone like the noonday sun. In his eyes was fire. (laughs) Baby, let me tell you, when that Jesus comes back, galloping on that horse, swooping down into the city of Jerusalem, there won't be any fingers on triggers. There won't be any fingers on fire buttons. Come on somebody. I'm gonna tell you right now, everybody's just going to be sitting back thinking, "What in the heavens is going on here?" And I'm gonna tell you what. Is they're going to realize we have never seen anything like this. Fear is going to grip their heart and they're going to realize this is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who has come back to the earth. Imagine where we are right now. Imagine 2,000 plus years ago, people were looking for him to come the first time, like we're looking for him to come the second time. Imagine what those shepherds realized when that angel appeared. And then that mass of angels appeared and said, behold, I bring unto you good tidings. Imagine. I'm gonna go ahead and tell you something. I know we've been hearing this for 2,000 years that he's coming soon. But y'all, I'm going to tell you, you better hear this boy right here. You better hear this boy. I might not have very much good sense, but I'm going to tell you right now, you can't look around at what's happening in the planet and tell me we are not this close right now, here today, to Jesus coming back to planet Earth. question are you ready are you ready to meet him because this thing right here said that some folk going to be weeping with sorrow because of him you know why because when he comes back at this point it's all done then ain't no praying Ain't no oh Jesus you are for real Pastor Tim wasn't lying to me all those years down there in Laurenburg. Oh, well, let me get right. Jesus, be too late. The door of opportunity is closed. Let's do what we can. And if you're in the room today and you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, fellas, y'all can hit that air off now because it's about, about to hang some meat up in here. He's coming. He's coming. Some of you believe what I'm telling you. And some of you are sitting there like scratching the head like, I don't know about all that. Friend, let me tell you something. When he comes and if you're not ready, my southern drawl is going to repeat itself in your ears for eternity because you're going to realize then, Tim Hodge was telling me the truth us not trying to reach some super spiritual, psycho babble. He was telling the truth. Folks, he died on a cross so that when he comes back, he comes back after saved people not a lost people. He comes back after people. Listen here now. He comes back after people that would look at him in the eye and say, Jesus, I surrender my life to you doing me what you want, not my will, yours be done. like you to just close your eyes with me for just a moment. We're going to pray in, in just a minute. Pastor Mike, Pastor Kim Bullis, I'd like for you all to come on up here and stand in front of me if you would down here on the floor. We're going to pray over them. But before we pray over them, I need to ask you, is there anybody today That you can honestly say in your heart. Pastor Tim. If Jesus split that sky open right now. I'm not ready for that. I wonder if anybody would raise your hand right here. Be honest. Be completely transparent. Because you can do it now. Or you can do it later. All right. Then I'm going to take that. as everybody's ready. Father, I just pray today that we honor you and we celebrate you as the Lamb of God. Jesus, thank you for this season. As we look, as we just glance kind of at Advent today, God, today would have been the day to light that second candle. And we would have said two down and a few more to go because our march is to move toward that center candle, the white candle, the pure candle, the sinless candle, the Christ candle. So Lord, use us today. Move on us today. Thank you so much for what you've done to touch people's hearts and lives. Thank you for the miracles that you've worked that we will await these grateful testimonies over. In Jesus' name. Now, as we close today, I would like to ask the elders and the ministers in the congregation, if you would, to come and gather me up with me up front. We're going to pray over Mike, Pastor Mike, Pastor Kim Bullis. They are transitioning to Greensboro, and they are starting a new ministry up in that area, and they are a part of Northview Harvest Ministries. We gave them on loan out to Johnsonville for about the last year and a half, year or so, but uh, they're on loan. And as far as I'm concerned, we're just giving you on loan back up to Greensboro, but they're starting a new ministry there. And uh, tell you what, Pastor Carlos, would you come and take the oil and would you anoint them and let's gather around them and let's pray for God's success. Let's pray for God's favor. Let's pray that God surround them with people of influence that can make things happen, open doors, and so that the kingdom will prosper. And I'd like for all of you in the congregation to join with us as we pray today, all right? Sharon, would you lead us in prayer? Father, we just
6: thank you for Pastor Mike and Pastor Kim right now, Lord. We speak the blessings of your favor of your grace, of your mercy, of your empowerment, of everything that you are upon them right now, God. Father, we thank you that you have already prepared the way and that you've made the path straight for them, Lord Jesus. And Father, we just pray for a drawing to be upon that area for every person that you've assigned to this fellowship, God. We say come from the north, come from the south, come from the east, and come from the west. Father, we pray for a fresh anointing, a fresh empowerment, a fresh boldness upon Pastor Ken and Pastor Mike right now. God, I ask that you take them deeper in the spirit than they've ever been before, Lord. That you would reveal yourself to them in new ways and new facets, God. That they would have an understanding of who you are, Lord. And that that will pour out for them, Lord Jesus. Father, we declare and we decree that what you poured out upon them will pour out upon the people that you've assigned them to, oh God, we speak freedom, we speak release, we speak the presence of God to be spread throughout Greensboro.